podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. We are fired up tonight. Uh, this is mon- or Tuesday. Is this Tuesday? I've lost track of the weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm so mad. I'm beside myself about uh, something we're not going to talk about on this, this show. And uh, the Reds bullpen is not helping me either. We're not going to talk about that as the game's going on because it's not good. And, and we'll say language uh, that's not fit for young ears. And uh, we are an all, all a general audience uh, program. Rated PG. TV PG. We are family. Though, it's a family th- show. though we're not on TV. So. <laughs> no. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Scott Evans. He's uh, Nick Lawson, and the Reds are in the midst of the playoff race, and uh, nothing's changed the way that uh, David Bell has managed the team, set the lineups. Now that Mike Mustakas is back, uh, He's uh he's going lefty righty regardless of what the splits say, and uh, of course that's uh, the the Reds didn't score as many runs in the last game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they didn't score as many runs at all against the Indians. Soon to be the Guardians. Pitching, the pitching, the pitching gave up all the runs. So yeah, and uh, so we'll talk about the bullpen a little bit. Uh, the the guys they got in the trade, I know there none were like huge names, but they all look very good. Lorenzen looks very good. They're not going to be perfect. No one would be. It wouldn't matter even if we got uh, the guy that's been pretty close to perfect in uh, Kimbrell. That might be the exception, but uh, even he's had a, a couple of rough games uh, this year. Uh, but if they're going to be much better, more consistent than the guys that were there before them who are still not consistent. Uh, looking at you, Amir Garrett, uh, Heath Hembry, who uh, had a good stretch for a little while. He's been kind of lost since the trade deadline. And, uh, of course, Lucas Sims came back. That's some good news. And they put uh, Brad Brock on the disa- or the injured list. Can't or, say disabled anymore. Nope, nope. And you know, I, I kind of the injured list makes more sense. But it, it, after years of forty-five years, forty-four years of my life calling it the disabled list, uh, it's it's hard to break old habits. But I, I'm okay with the injured list. That's nothing to get fired up about. Out of all the changes Rob Manfred's made, uh, that one's probably one that's actually good. Yeah, I don't mind calling it. You call it the injured list in football, so why not? Yeah, injured reserve in football. It it it's, it makes sense. It's uh, I mean, there is some politically correctness to it, but uh, out of all the political correct things that uh, go too far, sometimes uh, and sometimes not. Uh, this one, yeah, it, it it's more fitting. Uh, the, the the players that are injured are not disabled. They're injured. Yep. So it makes unless you, sense. Unless you have a Dave Dravicki type injury, then yeah, you're not. Disabled. Right, right. So anyway, <laughs> the Reds have been anything but uh, disabled. Uh, they are pretty good. I mean, we talked about last week how if they went through this uh, stretch of games and won seven 
or won all the games, six games out of six. Uh, they did lose one to the Twins, but they handled the Pirates as they should have. Uh, so coming into tonight after the loss to uh, the Guardians, soon to be Guardians in Cleveland. Uh, Stupid. Yeah, they're 60, 61. <laughs> there's, the Reds are still 61 and 52. Uh, they're playing the Braves tonight. Uh, not looking good right now. The game's still close, though. Um, but, uh, you know, it, as long as uh, they gain a game a week, Against the Brewers, it's very doable. Uh, there's a lot of baseball left to play, and um, you know we can uh, we can uh, hope for the best. I mean, I would love the Reds to win win out, <laughs> but uh, they're they're catching up to the Padres, who have had some very big injuries uh, to their team with Tatis Jr. being out, and uh, the Brewers uh, they got an easy schedule this week with uh, the Cubs and I think Pittsburgh again. Uh, but the Reds have a lot of games left with the Cubs in Pittsburgh. We're going to get into the uh, schedule remaining and what the Reds have done to Pittsburgh so far this year is almost criminal. Yeah, I want to play Pittsburgh every day. They are 9-1 and one against the Pirates and have outscored the Pirates 82-26. to 26. Well, it's only because the Pirates are awful. And and they got and they and they got rid of the good talent they had at the trade deadline. They didn't have much. I mean, Adam Frazier was about it, really. Yeah, I mean, the Reds also are nine and four against the Cubs, uh, outscoring them sixty-five to fifty-four. Uh, other teams the Reds have done good against Colorado, five and two. Uh, the Brewers, the Reds are eight and eight, so they didn't lose any ground playing the Brewers. They haven't gained any ground. They have three more games left with the Brewers. Those are huge games. That's a must-win series. They have to take at least two two of those three, or else the Brewers uh, that late in the season, uh, they have them in a couple of weeks. Uh, that, could, that could put some space to make that gaining a game a week uh, much more difficult. Well, I mean, plus we're getting healthy again. We're getting guys back. Got guys rehabbing right now that will be back soon, so – as we get healthier, then that's going to put some pressure on the Brewers, and I'm hoping that uh, the Brewers will see that, right? And feel you know feel that as well. Yeah, St. Louis, uh, the Reds have a winning record against them as well, uh, eight and five. Uh, so, so they're playing the Central teams well. They have not played the West well. The National League East, uh, Atlanta going in tonight, they're two and two, so about five hundred. Uh, the New York Mets, three and three. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are two and one against them. They got a three game series coming up with them and the Washington nationals they are two and one. Uh, so they got games against the nationals. So let's, let's get into who the reds have rest of the seasons, because at the end of the day, even if you do lose three games here, if you go on a 10 game winning streak, it, it doesn't matter. So it matters what your record is at the end of the year. Uh, the Reds are in good position to win between 85 and 95 games is what we said last week. Uh, I think it's it's looking more likely towards 90, which is good to get in the, in the postseason because the Brewers, uh, they've pretty much just not lost. No, they've been winning. They've been basically, it's been karma copying each other. They've both been winning their series, which is what you should be doing. You're going to the playoffs. Right. That's, this is the drive there. Absolutely. So, uh, Reds have three games with Atlanta. That's a tough series. Uh, they're playing that tonight. 
Uh, the Thursday game, a really weird time, 5-10. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, on Friday, uh, they started a three-game series with the Phillies, uh, who have they've kind of woken up this second half. Uh, they're in first place or were in first place. Um, right now, there's three, there's three rain delays tonight. It's weird. Right, it is. Uh, so they have the weekend series against the Phillies in Philly. Then they come home for a very winnable seven-game stretch at home. They have three games with the Cubs, who are now awful. Yep. And then they have four games with the Miami Marlins, who are about as bad as the Pirates. Yeah, it's a very winnable series. Very winnable homestand coming up here uh, yeah. next weekend or next week. Then they have the se- the big series in Milwaukee. Three games. That's going to determine. Uh, that could. I mean, you got to win two. Yeah. If you if you lose, the, the worst thing you can do is if you get swept. Uh, that could wrap up the division for the Brewers, but maybe not because as we go through the rest of the of the of the schedule after the Brewers uh, series, the Reds have three more win- with Miami. Three with St. Louis at home in Cincinnati. Three with Detroit, who are not good. Three more with the Cubs. Uh, three more at St. Louis. Three at Pittsburgh. Uh, in mid-September, the Dodgers come to town. The Reds have typically played the Dodgers well. The Dodgers, though, I mean, their team is on like a completely different level of talent. They got like three guys that could start at shortstop on any team. Um, they got Trey Turner. It's it's ridiculous how much talent they have on that team. If they if they do anything other than win the World Series, uh, that should be a disappointment. Well, they are missing uh, Kershaw right now, right? And and, and, and Trevor Bauer for reasons that are we won't get into yet. And I, and I don't know if he even deserves the. Uh, mention at all uh, yeah, disgusting individual uh, no matter no matter what the leg- legalities is disgusting individual leave it as that uh, anyway after the Dodgers it gets easy again Pittsburgh four games with the Nationals uh, Chicago White Sox that's going to be a tough two game series in Chicago and then they finish the season in Pittsburgh so they have nine games left with Pittsburgh Oh man, the baseball gods have listened to our to our plea. Nine games, Pirates, nine more times. <laughs> yeah, nine games with Pittsburgh, four with Washington, seven games with the with the Fish Marlins, and I think at least two series with the Cubs. I mean, in retrospect, your toughest opponents are going to be the Braves, the Phillies, the Brewers, and uh, who am I missing? Atlanta the Dodgers. And Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta. And then uh, the Dodgers and the White Sox. That's right. it. Everybody else should be pretty breezy. I mean. The, Easy breezy. I, getting into the postseason, especially this year. Next year, it's going to be much easier to get in the postseason if uh, the rumors about going to a seven teams per league uh, postseason, uh, which I kind of like. I liked last year's postseason. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think postseason, if it becomes easier and you're a team that's not in rebuilding, if that still exists after the next uh, collective bargaining agreement, 
I, I think postseason becomes kind of a measuring stick over winning record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's obviously everybody's goal is to get to the postseason. Yeah. I mean, for teams to get in with a, with a losing record too. Right. Well, with seven, you may, I think you'll avoid that with eight, eight teams. Uh, it becomes a possibility, especially last year, uh, with a shortened yeah. season. But, uh, I think seven teams, most years, you're not going to see that unless baseball becomes very, very, uh, parody like the, uh, NFL has. I just don't see that unless they go to a salary cap or uh, some type of system like MLS has where the league kind of distributes the money per team and then the teams kind of have different complex rules. I I don't see that working in baseball. The players would never go for that. Um, So that part's going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, part of it is, you know – when they make the the league minimum so high and I understand why they want to do it because uh, especially in the era of analytics, uh, the, the, the guys that are not top stars, but just underneath them, they kind of get the, they kind of get screwed because uh, they don't get the big money when they're performing as, as younger stars. And then uh, teams just don't sign them. And when they, once they turn 30, they're like, yeah, you're not, you're not a superstar. Um, we can sign you for this low amount, but not the money that uh, that you performed at when you were a younger player. Of course, Mike Trout and, and players like that are the exceptions. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, the, the CBA is going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot in the offseason. But I'm very hopeful for the Reds. I mean, I, I think 90 wins is very doable. They only need to win 29 more. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, a hundred wins. I, I don't, I'm not going to say a hundred wins isn't necessarily out of the question. When you look at the schedule, they, they should win. They should win probably 60, 70%. They should win at least 60% of the games remaining, if not 70%. Yeah. I, I still think 90 wins is a doable thing to win the division or maybe at least get into the, the wild card. Right. But I mean, I would, I obviously I want, I want playoffs, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, considering where we were in may considering where we were at the start of the season i think i predicted 83 wins uh i would be i would be okay i'm not gonna say i'll be happy but i wouldn't be upset if if they, if they just barely missed the playoffs but had 90 plus wins I, I think that would be a very successful year i think that'd be enough to bring david bell back even even though sometimes you just want to hit your head against the wall and hopefully that would mean the Reds would uh, do something in the offseason, maybe sign another starter, sign a uh, another uh, sign an actual closer. Yeah. Uh, bring back Michael Lorenzen and, and Nick Castellanos. Uh, so the Reds have a lot of offseason questions. I don't really want to get into that though, <laughs> just because you know. Let, let's enjoy the team. I, it seems like every time we. Uh, the, the Reds start to lose everybody on social media absolutely loses their minds. And we, we go from the day before like, Oh yeah, David Bell's manager of the year. Reds are going to win the world series. So the next day they stink fire bell, sell the team, sell it, sell it. 
<laughs> but uh, hey, I'm one of the guys that said sell the team, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I I got that way back in 2015 when they did the fire sale, when everybody else was like, "Oh, we got to rebuild, we got to rebuild," including. I, I I gotta say this. I, I heard uh, Marty Brenneman talk uh, earlier this week about the Cubs and how he liked how they were what they were doing with the rebuild and how they and how he said that uh, he he kind of respected them uh, for going all in and uh, I, I kind of disagree. I, I think it's I don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it's good for uh, not that I care about Cubs fans, but overall it's not good for the game. Uh, and, and hopefully, uh, cause you don't see this in football a lot. You do see it in basketball some, uh, but you don't see it in football a lot where they just, um, you know, cause trades that don't happen the same way. It's the main reason you do see rebuilds. Uh, but the draft is, is much more important than in football short term than it is in baseball. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still like the, the baseball draft. It's not as big as football. Um, but I think if, if you look at the team that rebuilds, like I said, we went through this a couple of times with the Reds. And, and, and right. the manager is, none of that stuff. Well, true, because we wouldn't, if, if the Reds, uh, if the Reds had stayed the course, uh, we would have had an aging Brandon Phillips. We would have had, we w- likely would not have uh, been able to draft Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, who's always hurt, uh, Hunter Green. Uh, so, I mean, the Reds got some talent in the pipeline that if they all come into fruition, uh, it's, it's going to get to that sustainable winning uh, that I, I know is it was originally Bob Castellini's goal when he bought the team is he wanted to, he wanted to be like the Cardinals. Because if you look back at the Cardinals in the 90s, they absolutely sucked. They couldn't draw flies. Yeah. And they couldn't draw flies. And, and you know, now they, they're starting to falter a little bit on the, on the fans, uh, I think, this year. It's a little bit – this year and last year, you, you got to throw out. But, you know, the Cardinals always draw 35,000-plus. Uh, and, and that came from sustained winning. I mean, they did – let uh, Pujols go. So it's not like they held on to everybody, but they all, the one thing that they had that a, a medium market team like the Cardinals, who are a little bit bigger market than Cincinnati, uh, especially the Reds, you got to have that pipeline because you're not the Dodgers. You're not going to be able to have, you're not going to be able to sign every single star that's in your organization. You, you got to pick one or two. Or three, kind of like the Reds have done when they're when they're going for it. They have four or five top guys, and then they try to fill in the rest. And that's that's what small markets and and, and middle markets have to do. And but when you have a guy like Jonathan India that comes up, I don't think there's another. I don't think there was a second baseman on the free agent market in the offseason that would have done better than Jonathan India. No, India earned his spot in spring training. He got benched a little bit in midseason. They did it right by calling him up and giving him a spot. Absolutely, and they didn't play the uh, the the yeah. games like the Cubs did with uh, with Bryant and Rizzo. Right. Uh, you know, Bob Castellini gets called cheap, but I mean, if you look at it, the Cubs, one of the richest teams in baseball, market number three, they're signing tenth round draft picks for a thousand bucks. They're trading away all their top stars. Uh, 
I mean, who's really the cheap one? Or is it just a, a thing in baseball that we all go through? Uh, I mean, the the, the off-season moves, I, I know they were COVID-related. They should have just came out and said they were COVID-related. Uh, I think it was done good for the fans. The union probably wouldn't have liked it. Manfred wouldn't have liked it. But uh, I, I think people would have understood at least some um, about the moves. But, uh, you know, g- going into next year, uh, they definitely got to make some moves in the offseason. They got to try to sign, re-sign or uh, talk to Nick Castellanos not to opt out. I don't think that's going to happen because Boris is his age, agent. But uh, losing Nick Castellanos will be big. Losing uh, Michael Lorenzen, uh, that's going to be a big spot to fill because, uh, a- as you saw last year, he's the reason why they made the playoffs when – uh, Sonny Gray went down late in the season last year. He stepped in, started those games, gave the Reds five or six good innings of shutout baseball going into the last couple of weeks of the playoff run. Um, and this year when he's came back, he's been dominant when he's been out there, and the Reds need that in the bullpen. Well, it's, it's a good, he, he's a good guy to have. He's versatile. He can start. He can, he can relieve. He can even hit. He's he's a, he's a Shohei Otani who's not as you know, a guy that doesn't start and the guy doesn't DH all the <laughs> right. time, but he's got that talent to be that kind of guy that you need in your bullpen. Right, and, and you can you could go two inning saves with him. Uh, Bell's chosen right. not to for the most part, but you know now that he has some weapons in the bullpen towards the end, uh, if we can just get rid, if we can just. Uh, eliminate a couple of the guys. I, I mean, I, I hate to see Amir go, but I hated to see J.J. Hoover go. I was a fan of his when he was with the Reds. I, I think he he was treated poorly by the fans, especially at Reds Fest. At Reds Fest, it's it's a party. Don't don't boo players at Reds Fest. Uh, when when, he, when you give miss, up, gonna miss it this year. Gonna miss Reds Fest this year. Absolutely. Sucks. So. But uh, but J.J. Hoover had a couple good years, but, you know, it was when he was let go or traded, it was time to go. Same with uh, with Amir Garrett. It's 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 time. He's had every opportunity to perform. He goes a, a, like maybe five or six games in a row where it looks like he's turning the corner, and then when he's bad, he is bad. And, and it seems uh. – and when he's bad, it seems to be in tight games. Yeah, he – Bell brings him in in these one-run games. Like, what? What is he thinking? Right, especially now that you have uh, the guys from the Yankees that came in, the guy from Colorado. I I haven't learned their names yet. Wilson, Sarah, and Givens. Say so. Say so. Say so. I called him Sarah too. My bad. Okay. Yeah, you said that earlier today. So that's where I said. I said it off air. Yeah, I called him Sarah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, it, it's it's time not it's time to move uh, Amir into a different role or or cut ties. Yeah, As, I mean, especially he, when his ERA is, is going up. Especially especially when Antone comes back. Yeah, he had a rehab tonight and pitched a, and then he had a strikeout. He looked good. Yeah. So anyway, let, let's talk about my favorite player, and I, I'm not being uh, sarcastic when I say that. Uh, Joey Votto, uh, we've been tracking his performance since they started the, uh, got rid of, started checking pitchers for, 
the sticky tack. And how embarrassing it is when you're you're a pitcher giving up nine runs like the guy or seven runs like the guy did uh, for the Pirates the other day. And then they're like, oh, no, before you go to the dugout, let's check and see if you were cheating. Well, you did a Sammy Castillo yesterday against the Indians. Yeah, I know. You, you give up a lot of runs, and then you have to be checked to see if you're cheating. I, I think the performance, if you, if you give up seven runs, there's no reason to check. <laughs> because you're definitely not getting an advantage over the opponent. Yeah, you know how you think that pitcher feels. He goes, man, I just gave up eight runs. You're still going to check me? I mean, come on. Yeah, but anyway, in the 41 games that Joey Votto has played uh, since they started checking, he's cooled off a little bit because last week I think he was around 325, 333 or something like that. Uh, this week he's batting, since June 21st, he's hitting 316, 404, 678. He's been down a little bit in, in the last seven days since this, the home run streak has been over. But uh, in that same stretch... 15 home runs in 41 games, 38 RBI. Jeez. So if you if, if he kept that pace over 162 games, he would uh, have 60 home runs, 151 RBI, 87 walks, and 166 strikeouts. His strikeout numbers go down almost every time I look at this, which is good. His walk numbers are also going down. Uh, his batting average with balls in play, 340. Uh, 48 hits would is what he's had. That would, uh, over 162 games, that would be 190. That stayed about the same. 32 doubles. The triples, he's had one triple. Last week, I think it said if over 162 games, that would be six. This week, it's four. I think one is probably going to be what he'll get by the end of the year. And even if you go from June 21st uh, this year to June 21st next year, I think it's going to be the same. Uh, but uh, it, it's nice to see Votto's back. Uh, even when he's cooled off, he's down to 267 and not 216. Uh, so hopefully he can keep that up. I'd love to see him get uh, 30 to 40 home runs this year. Can you imagine where he, his numbers would be if he had broken his thumb? Not broken his thumb. Uh, you had the 2020 shortened year because of uh, because of uh, COVID, and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, then you then you're really going Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I mean, I still think he has a good chance of being a Hall of Famer. I, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, when I went to the Hall of Fame and. In 2016, I started seeing some of the other guys that were in the Hall of Fame, and Votto's numbers back then were better than uh, a lot of those guys, or, or similar to. I mean, if you like compare his numbers to Barry Larkin's numbers, I mean, they're neck and neck, but, but Votto has more home runs. Right. But I think Votto should be in the Hall of Fame someday. He should, he should at least get consideration. Oh, he, he absolutely will, and and uh, we don't know when he's going to retire, so uh, he has two more seasons with the Reds, maybe three more seasons. Uh, I, I don't think he'll play after his contract is up with the Reds, but j you never know. He's going to play 30 years, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, he may decide he wants – I mean, he look, the thing is, this year – 
other than running, and that may be the big thing. Is uh, Pete Rose uh, probably not now, but I, I mean, I remember ten years ago, uh, especially or five or ten years ago, whenever Pete Rose was starting to do uh, TV again for MLB uh, for Fox, and uh, I think he did I some MLB that. at work. But anyway, it, it looked like he could probably still go out there and hit. He just wasn't going to be able to run. No. So no, I, I, I enjoyed him trying to school Frank Thomas and a rod. Oh, it was that, so good. Yeah, it, it was. And, uh, so, but yeah, Joey Votto, uh, hopefully a future hall of famer. It, it's in the hands of the writers. So you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, Votto would definitely get the votes from our local writers here in Cincinnati. Absolutely. They've already kind of said it. And, you know, he's always gotten yeah. love from the national media as well. There's some that uh, don't see it, some of the old school guys, because they're like, you need 3,000 hits. Nobody plays long enough to get 3,000 hits anymore for the most part. No. No, I think, I mean, it used to be if you hit 500 home runs, you were shoe-in. Yeah, that, that's I not the. That's, I don't think that's the case anymore. It's not. I mean, you got some of the steroid guys and suspected steroid guys, but I, I think the the newer writers look at on base percentage. They look at WAR, and Votto is is there and compare him to other players at their position uh, in the game. I, I mean, uh, World Series don't matter. I, I went and saw two guys that I don't think ever won a World Series in 2016. And Mike Piazza and uh, King Griffey Jr. And that, that's, I mean, I, I always see the name King Griffey Jr. and go, man, never won a World Series. Yeah, one of the greatest, sucks. one of the greatest players of all time. But uh, same for like, same like Ted Williams, Ernie Banks, never won a World Series. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that, that's why it's so special, and why winning a World Series is not something that happens to every team, except for the Yankees in the early two thousands. 27 championships. Wow. Yeah, I know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the other news, which uh, we won't we'll touch on briefly, uh, 2022 season came out for some reason. <laughs> and in uh, the schedule. Yeah, in the middle of middle of a playoff race, they're like, oh, hey, guess what? Here's, here's next year's schedule. I'm like, I guess if you're a team rebuilding, uh, you're like, oh, well, something to look forward to. But if you're like the Reds, are like, can we play this season first where we we have a chance? But yeah. uh, the biggest thing is two things I noticed, and uh, we won't go into this because we'll, we'll probably spend an entire episode in the off season on it. Uh, open the series, the season against the Cubs, and the All Star Game is much much later next year. I did notice that it's in L.A. as well. Yeah, because usually it's always the second Tuesday of uh july hey, what is it the third or fourth one i think it's the third it's like the 19th i mean the one here was was a little bit later as well because i was hoping it would be on my birthday and it was the week after my birthday so uh, may, maybe it's not maybe it's just me uh thinking that <laughs> but uh but yeah i was kind of uh kind of surprised to see it so late in the year I mean, it's fine. I'm, it doesn't matter to me because I still enjoy the All-Star game no matter what date it's on. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm just being an old-timer. I'm I just being like an old man gr- <laughs> yelling at a cloud. <laughs> I miss the old-timer. I miss the old-timers games. Those are great, too. 
I think (laughs) there was a team. Maybe the Reds are going to have one. I hope so, man. I think think they're going to have one on Marty's Hall of Fame induction game. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe, they they are having something because there's like Team Larkin and. Yeah, I I knew it was. We'll talk about that when we get closer to that game. Unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town uh, for Marty Marty's uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yeah, if anybody has any tickets, they want to like uh, pawn off. You know, I'm, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that kind of wraps up this week. Uh, we've kind of calmed down. This is very therapeutic. Hopefully, it was for you as well. Uh, you can email me. Uh, at, uh, at, uh, I forget my email address. You can, <laughs> you can find me on, on Twitter. Well, I have a personal one, but I don't want to give that one out. And I have a one for work. I don't want to give that one out. So I forget what the Reds fans chatter email address is. I think it's Scott at Reds fans There's also contests at Reds fans That'll work as well. Uh, but you can also, uh, Find us on Facebook at uh, Reds Fans Chatter uh, Facebook page. Uh, like us there. Uh, we we put up some pretty good content. We'll we'll show highlights. We'll give stats out from time to time. Um, and anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we we very very rarely take time to say that. And uh, just just kind of give us a feedback that someone's actually listening to what we're saying because we just kind of get up here and ramble like two guys watching a ball game. And uh, that, that's the point of the show. Uh, we're not experts. We haven't played the game. We may have played some amateur baseball and softball. But, uh, but yeah, this, this show is supposed to be fun and look at it from a fan's point of view and put a little bit of uh, reality and, and calmness into some of the craziness you see on social media. Yeah, and... and- to clarify, we do not work for the Reds. I get to pass all the time. Okay. We do not work for the Reds. I don't work for the Reds. And a lot of times, and, and I, the way the schedules happen this year, it hasn't happened that way. But a lot of times when I go to Reds games, I come from work. So I'm wearing either a Reds polo or a red colored polo. And then I forget to take off my work badge uh, from my day job. And people come up to me thinking I'm a, thinking I'm an usher. I know a lot about the stadium. It's my second home, but I don't work for the Reds. <laughs> Where's my seat, sir? That's actually happened. <laughs> I want to find my seat. <laughs> so until next time, go Reds. Go Reds. <laughs>